Hey everyone, so today we're going to be talking about an interview that we did with Mateus Marotsky, one of the founders of Kubli, a pre-purchase financial pool company. And I'm here also with my group. Hi everyone, my name is Camila. Hello, I'm Giovanna. And I'm Isabella. And I'm Nicole. And I'm Pietra, and I think now we can start this podcast. Before we start, we want to mention that pre-purchase financial pools are the equivalent in Brazil for consortiums. To start off, considering the organizational background, the company was founded in 2019, shortly after the CEO of the current startup left the company in the pre-purchase financing pool market after eight years inserted in the business. Thus, Kluby started with consortium sales on behalf of, of administrators, but its purpose was always to become an administrator itself, which happened after they became uh, more consolidated. The founders defined the project as a credit product inside a community. Now you're going to listen to Mateus talk a little bit more about the company and the company's history. Nós somos uma startup, então a gente surgiu em 2019 com a seguinte intenção. Eu entrei no projeto para começar a tocar tudo que tinha de tecnologia, produto, e um pouco de tudo, startup começando, é sempre essa zona em que todo mundo faz tudo. O, o CEO da startup, ele vem do mercado de consórcio, então a gente está montando uma fintech de consórcio, e ele saiu do mercado depois de oito anos como CEO da Rodobens, que é uma das maiores administradoras de consórcio do país. Ele tinha sido, ele tinha sido oito anos durante oito anos CEO dessa dessa empresa, e lá ele fez um turnaround na, na companhia. Depois que ele fez esse ciclo de oito anos, era para ter ficado dois, ele acabou ficando estendendo o ciclo múltiplas vezes. Quando ele fecha o ciclo de oito anos, ele decide sair para fundar uma administradora de consórcio. Então, o plano sempre foi esse. A gente quer ser o, o Nubank dos consórcios. Né? O Nubank é uma, é uma analogia fácil, porque eles não têm uma eles não têm um produto diferente do resto do mercado. Assim como o Neobanks, né? a gente quer ser o Neo consórcio, se for dizer. A gente quer ser o Neo Consórcio, mas a gente não quer ser chamado de consórcio, a gente prefere ser chamado de clube. O consórcio no, do mercado, ele basicamente é um produto de crédito que é feito em múltiplas coisas. Então, imagina que nós seis aqui queremos comprar um carro, ou um celular, então, ou um imóvel. Pode ser qualquer, pode ser consórcio de qualquer coisa. Então, a gente vai, a, o papel da administradora é unir essas pessoas em um grupo e esse grupo todo mundo vai contribuir com a mensalidade. O valor dessa mensalidade soma um montante suficiente para sortear uma pessoa entre a gente. Então, no primeiro mês vai ser a Isa, no segundo mês a Camila, no terceiro mês a gente vai soltando, a, vai sorteando mês a mês entre as pessoas. E quando você é sorteado, você recebe o dinheiro inteiro. E com o dinheiro inteiro você compra o bem, com o bem em mãos você consegue, bom, agora você continua pagando suas mensalidades para que todo mundo consiga conquistar. Então, o produto de crédito em comunidade. Então, as pessoas que estão dentro do grupo fornecem crédito para as outras. Por isso que nós não somos um banco, nem uma instituição de crédito, nós somos uma administradora. E a administradora só vai gerir esse grupo. A gente tinha cinco investidores na época, eram cinco investidores anjo, que o Paulo, o Renato, o Ariel, os três fundadores da 99 Taxi, dois deles fundaram a Yellow e um dos fundadores da, do iFood. Então, esses caras eram investidores da empresa, na época não chamava clube, não chamava nada. Então, eu ingressei no projeto porque o Paulo me convidou, me conheceu, começou a me mentorar e, desse, e me propôs para eu participar da equipe. O Eduardo me convenceu com a tese de consórcio, eu ainda não entendia nada sobre como funcionava o produto, como é que era. Então, eu fiz parte do time fundador. Então, no ano seguinte, quando a gente não conseguiu fechar esse rodado de investimento, por conta da entrada da pandemia, problema com o Banco Central, a gente deu ingresso no processo do Banco Central, a gente teve que enxugar essa operação, então ficaram pouquíssimas pessoas com a gente no projeto. 
É, na verdade, no final sobrou só eu e o Eduardo, de novo, nos encontramos só nós dois no começo. Ele tocou todo o processo do Banco Central, então toda a papelada, documentação, é, toda a parte da petição para a gente se tornar uma, administração, uma administradora de consórcios. E eu toquei toda a parte de tecnologia e produto. Então, tudo, todo o produto, design de interface, jornada, é, e depois levantar o sistema, codar tudo e subir as arquiteturas, é, eu construí nesse último ano e, e trouxe, no meio do caminho, a gente trouxe um, o Gabé, que putz, é um super amigo meu, que entende tudo de tecnologia também, ele está na faculdade, mas ele veio para me ajudar a subir esse, esse sistema. Quando a gente chega no fim do ano, a gente recebe a aprovação do Banco Central em novembro, em dezembro a gente fecha uma rodada de Venture Capital, ainda não está aberta essa rodada, então não posso entrar em detalhes da rodada, tamanho, nem nem quem são os, as, os fundos, mas são fundos relevantes e alguns players estratégicos de mercado, e a gente começa a trazer gente para dentro. Então a gente trouxe o CEO de uma das administradoras que a gente era broker para tocar a área de operações, a gente trouxe um, um dos diretores do PagSeguro, que tocava a área de Customer Experience lá, para tocar a nossa área de Customer Experience, e a gente montou esse time fundador é, com o Edu, o Rafa, o Anderson e eu, e o Gabé fazia parte da equipe, e a gente caminha para 2021 com perspectivas muito incríveis, porque a gente vai receber um aporte bastante relevante, é, com a aprovação do Banco Central na mão, e agora terminando de montar essa última versão do produto. Com essa última versão do produto em mãos, a gente deve lançar o produto em um mês. Mas como o Covid afeta a gente hoje? né A gente está, todo mundo trabalha remoto, então o modelo em que a gente... Tem gente que entrou para a empresa e eu nunca vi a cara da pessoa. Então, é, é, então, esse modelo totalmente digital, eu acredito que, sobre, algum, sobre algumas óticas, é, é muito útil para a produtividade, principalmente quando eu olho para times de tecnologia e produto que trabalham bem individualmente e tem coisas para fazer específicas e, e tarefas muito que, que são realizadas facilmente e remotamente. Tem, execução é muito boa no remoto. Processos criativos a gente ainda não descobriu muito bem como fazer. E olhando para trás... Acho que eu teria feito pouquíssimas coisas diferentes. Acho que a gente lidou muito bem, tá dando tudo certo. É, se eu soubesse que ia ficar tão corrido agora, talvez eu tivesse corrido mais lá atrás. Então. Mas acho que tem menos a ver com o Covid e mais a ver com o momento que a gente está passando de empresa. So, Club Strategy revolves around a co-branded partnership model. Does it work in a way that Clubby brand and the financial product of community credit are united with another large companies? Consequently, the company will offer a product through a relevant acquisition channel. So, in addition to direct customers, there is a B2B2C model, which delivers value to other stakeholders like the partner businesses and therefore to the community as a whole. Now, considering the pandemic scenario, the most affected point of the startup was the lack of enough capital to continue with the entire team. As a result, Clubi needed to have a strategy of cutting costs, such as the salary of some employees, and reallocating them to other companies. In order to better understand the market environment in which Clubi is inserted, the group did three main analyses, PESEL, SWOT, and the stakeholder analysis, focusing on the Brazilian market. Starting off with the PESEL analysis, these frameworks describe the macro-environment factors faced by the company, The factors analyzed are political, economic, social, technological, legal, and environmental. Starting off by political, since consortiums are an option of paying for an asset with installments with other people, this is actually the option people choose from when they are facing a more unstable economic situation. Therefore, this type of business 
does not appear to be affected by political corruption or political instability, the main drivers of Brazilian economic instability. Second point is economic. As previously mentioned, consortiums usually are an alternative for people when the economy of the country is unstable. One of the biggest advantages of consortiums is that it is a great option for those who want to avoid the fees and interest charged by other firms or installment purchases. Moreover, consortiums are actually great for a country's economy because they stimulate sales in several economic sectors, they do not cause inflation, they do not rely on public money, and they also promote a balanced consumption. Talking a little bit more about social, a social fact of consortiums is that the company helps the population and economy by generating more jobs. The practice of consortiums also help with the viabilization of a more inclusive policy. That is because consortiums oscillate people, especially from lower classes, to buy assets that they were not going to be able if it was not for this type of business without becoming more in-depth than before. Technological. Kubli is actually an example of how this market has become more technological. There has been a movement for some startups, especially fintechs, focused in this market. The idea is to create a more friendly and understandable consortium for people. Now, legal. There is only one main law that surrounds private consortiums. Most part regard the public consortiums, which are a totally different topic. Therefore, consortiums are regulated and have a very well-written section in the law. And finally, environmental. There is not much relation between consortiums and the environment because they are a financial service that many times are provided in a software, meaning that they do not pollute, even with papers. They also don't have any kind of environmental incentives. And this is the conclusion of the pastel analysis. When developing the SWOT analysis, we need to take into consideration four main aspects, strengths, weaknesses, threats, and opportunities. Talking about the strengths, the main differential about Klubi is that they have a business based on technology, making the flexibility of sales even higher. Proposing a digital sale makes it easier for consumers to join and consequently, it helps the growth of the business. Another important strength is that they are not attached to the old habits of the market. The most important one being the very high interest rates charged by the big companies. This allows them to work with more liberty and use different methods. Still, there are weaknesses attached. The business is very new, so it's not well known. It is hard for consumers to trust a new company over the old players, such as Santander, Itaú. Moreover, Clube does not have a consolidated operation and creating the necessary scale to run a consortium will mean that they need to grow at an extremely fast rate. The opportunities around this market are that, in Brazil, the economic forecast for 2021 is an increase in the interest rate, which puts the pre-purchase financing pool market in a greater preeminence and a more attractive position, since the financing product for those who need credit become less advantageous once the price paid on the financing is much higher. In addition, the strengthening of digital platforms and the technological development of consortium administrative companies allows them to be increasingly safe and fast with higher accessibility and therefore ensuring the sector's expansion in an expressive manner. Talking about the threats, the barriers to enter the market are very high, so there is not a big threat around the new players. However, the founders consider the possible entry of modern banks such as Neon or Nubank a risk. Those players will be the ones 
with the same advantages that Klubi is proposing, a technology-based business and simpler bureaucracies. On top of that, they also have the advantage of already having the scale and the trust of the consumers. Regarding the stakeholder analysis, we can separate the main ones into three categories regarding how much power they have and how much interest they have in the company. The main objectives of the company is to create value for the stakeholders. The main three are the employees, investors, and shareholders, the people, as well as their partners. Regarding the first group that I mentioned, they are considered in one category as they have high power and high interest, thus should be kept satisfied. They want to generate value for the company as well as for all the other stakeholders. Regarding the second category are those who have low interest and low power. They should be very closely monitored. They are the consumers of pre-purchase financing pool. And as cited by Matheus, there are nearly 100 million people who do not have access and only 7 million people seek such a model to get credit. As previously mentioned, the company wants to generate value for their consumers. Regarding such stakeholder, they have low interest and low power, and thus they should be kept monitored. Moreover, the company should always uh, communicate with them, but at the same, same time, uh, be careful not to bore them with excessive communication. The third group are the business partners, and they have very high interest, however, very low power, and thus should be kept very informed. They are biz, uh, partner brands that through Klubi, they're going to offer their product to be sold in the pre-purchase pooling model. Further, the partners can be related to the B2B2C model that Klubi desires to have. And just to be mentioned, it's important to cite the community as a whole that are related to the potential consumers, direct consumers of Kubi, as well as the competitors, largest administrations that hold over 85% of the market share, such as Bradesco and others that have been previously mentioned. For the interaction with the environment, it is interesting for us to identify Klubi in its rightful quadrant. Accordingly, the contingency framework for environmental uncertainty and organization responses presents four possibilities of business approach, them being low uncertainty, low moderate uncertainty, high moderate and high uncertainty, each one with specific and well-delineated characteristics. Now, after talking to Mateusz Marotski, the group analyzed the data he provided from us within the organization, and with that, we were able to classify Klubi as a business shifting from the high uncertainty to high moderate. However, it is still some steps away from establishing itself in the high moderate uncertainty. To further illustrate, he states that it is natural for the structure of a new startup to be much disorganized. Just recently, they are shifting to a better and delineating better their processes to become better organized. For instance, they are now working with 17 members, in which the roles are consequently very intricating ones. Yet, it shows the shift since a month ago they only had five or six employees. In the same way, 
that their structure is very organic. They value teamwork a lot, since especially in the beginning, the team is what drives the company to grow, as mentioned before. And they are re just recently designating roles of directors and further delineating those roles. However, it is much decentralized. In the same line of thought, Mateo said that they rely on extensive planning and forecasting in order to be sure that their action strategies are on the right path. I'm going to describe a little bit about the organization design. The company started with only four workers, and as the business developed, they hired more people, totalizing 10 workers. One CEO, the four which started the company, formed a leadership team, and five others which worked in the operations. With the pandemic, it all changed. Only two people continued to work, one of them being Mateus, and the structure of the business changed a lot. As things started to improve, they were able to hire more people again, and now they form a team with 17 people. With a brief history of the structure of the company, together with the data gathered from the interview, we can conclude that they follow an entrepreneurial culture within the startup, with the main characteristic being innovation, effectiveness, and creating change. Now, to conclude this podcast, we selected a couple of suggestions regarding the topics of pre-purchase financial pools, consortium, and leadership impact, respectively. The first one is called Afinal, Consortium Vale a Pena, and it's now available on auditable.com. This podcast explains and talks about the benefits of the business. The second one we suggest is called Podcast do Impacto, and it's available on Spotify. The episodes regard management, fundraising, and leadership with third sector's entrepreneurs. This is an initiative of Fomenta in partnership with Itaú Social. So we've reached the end of this podcast. We want to thank everyone who has listened to us and also thank Mateus for being an amazing guest in this podcast and for the time that he shared with us. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.